sit down, take a chew and chew my money till we get it till we get it. You are now entering the Far Locker Podcast with JT and Robert. On this week's episode, Austin comedian and business tycoon Jimmy Tibbs joins us in the studio. Conrad Fagan is also on the premise. Be on the lookout. Hey, Bradley, this is Satchel Rhinestone. I'm a pastor. Uh, I saw that uh, missing chicken post. Did you ever find him? Ah, uh, thanks for thanks for calling. Um, I found some feathers, so I'm presuming the worst. Oh, uh, I would imagine. I, I was calling because I got a good look at that chicken. Well, the photo. And uh, looks like a evil chicken, to be honest. Oh, I just had to zoom in. Yeah, I, close. I um, saw it, not yeah. not in real life, but the photo, and I immediately thought, I gotta pray for this chicken. And I've been praying for your family well, and the chicken since I saw that photo. It just, it just creeped me the heck out, man. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it's just, I don't have a lot of pictures of her, and in that picture, she was weirded out because I put Tyrannosaurus Rex arms on her friends, so. You what? There are these 3D printed Tyrannosaurus Rex arms that you can put on a chicken for, just for laughs. And I put it on her and she was kind of weirded out by that when I took the picture. Okay, yeah. Uh, a recommendation there for me would be don't, don't play God and don't try to curse these chickens any longer. Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Ah, oh, incredible. So glad to hear it. Yeah, so I think uh, you guys sold my cousin a haunted guitar. I'm sorry? I forgive you, but you sold my cousin a haunted guitar. We don't sell guitars here. Yeah, you absolutely, well, someone did out of your store under your name brand. And I'll tell you what, ever since then, his little fingers look like little skeleton fingers. And sometimes his hair grows really quickly, all the way gray. And in his sleep, now he screams and howls the name of the Lord. I'm, um, um, would you like to talk to my manager? No, we're going to settle this, you and me, right now. I want you to tell me what happened. Don't be confused. Let's just get down to business. My cousin bought a haunted Mm -hmm, guitar mm -hmm. from you, Okay. Are you sure this isn't a different Play-Dohs? I guarantee I'm calling the right Play-Dohs right now. You guys sold him a guitar uh-huh. six months ago. Uh-huh. The first full moon, uh-huh. his fingers turn into little skeleton fingers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, um, and then his eyes go all the way red and black like Antifa uh-huh. flags. And then every single mm-hmm. night, he's screaming and howling the name of the Lord. And I'm not mad at you. I'm sorry if I seem upset. Okay. I'm just very spiritually uh-huh. sensitive. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry about that. Don't be sorry. And also, I forgive you. And may the Lord release oh. you on that. Oh, 
thank you. Absolutely. Feel no guilt, feel no shame. Let's walk right with him. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm going to come down there with uh, uh-huh. a, f- a few exorcists, and we're going to pray over every item in the store so this doesn't happen to anyone else's cousins. So let's shut it down. Um, we'll come down there. We'll lock the doors. We'll shut it down. We'll turn the lights off. We'll do everything by candlelight, and we'll pray over every item in the store. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm thriving and surviving, right? <laughs> <laughs> My question for you is, I imagine you all check IDs when we go, right? Yes. Okay, good, good, good. You guys don't, like, take a photo of the ID or... No, no. It's not in any type of file or anything? No. Yeah, you get it. With this president, I'm just so nervous they're going to take him soon, you know? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> you guys don't... You guys, I'm not, you know, you're not taking a photo yeah, of it or no. anything? Okay. No. Well, that's awesome. I'm actually here for business, but in two weeks, I'm taking a motorcycle trip with half the guys from my mosque. And uh, we just wanted to, you know, toot around. Yeah. Okay. Um, right now, do you have your own guns and ammo? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, I'm not renting any guns right now because of the whole ammo situation. So I was just making sure that y'all have your own guns and ammo that you can bring with you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We, I, got a, I got a libertarian prepper amount of ammo. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. You know, may Allah keep the fight going with you. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Factory Connection, Abilene. How can I help you today? Hey, I'm looking to build a really small motorcycle. Uh, maybe uh, you could get me a factory? No, this is the wrong store, sir. This is a clothing shop. Uh, what's a, Is this Factory Connection? Yes, sir. Yeah, just connect me to a factory, uh, whoever you guys work with, I guess. I'm, I'm looking to manufacture parts, basic parts, but here made in the States. But I was trying to tell you, we sell clothes. We don't sell yeah, any... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care what you make in a factory. That doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, but let's cut right to the point. Connect me with a factory to uh, be able to manufacture parts. But I want to make them in the States. I don't know who to get that to. Just I one of the factories you connected here. with. What do you think about that? I don't have... No, I'm sorry, sir. You have the wrong number. I don't have the wrong number. You admitted this was factory connection. You said that. So... So, connect me to a factory. What factory, though? One to manufacture parts, but I want to make them here in the States for really small motorcycles. Maybe for... But a, I don't know maybe for, Yeah, connect me to one. I want maybe as my monkey to ride one around for a cartoon or something. Yeah, I don't know that. I'm going to make 500 of them a week. Alrighty, no, this doesn't seem real. Yeah, this is real life. Let me connect with you. Connect me to a factory, and let's get building. Okay, I don't have a factory number to connect you to, sir, though. Yes, you can. To one of the factories you're connected to. Line me up. I want to make little tiny motorcycles by the hundreds. What do you mean? Little little tiny ones. Maybe potentially for a monkey to ride on. He could shoot pistols up in the air when he celebrates. I don't know. I'm not on the creative team. I'm just trying to find some factories to connect to. Yeah, I don't have any of that, sir. I'm yeah. sorry. Line me up here. Line me up with a factory to make parts here in the States. 500 of them a week. I don't know how to help you there. Yeah, well, I know. I can tell you how you can help me. Line me up with a factory. What do you mean, line you up with a factory? Get me connected. 
how do I do that? I'm not, I don't do that, sir. What do you do? I don't do anything. You don't work with Factories or Factory Connection? Because I'm pretty sure no. uh, you said that you worked at Factory Connection at the beginning of this phone call. Because this is the number you called. This is Factory Factory Connection. Our guest today is a fellow who uses summer as a verb. He once had a bar tab of $5,000 on spilled alcohol with Halle Berry sitting on his lap. His good friend, Donald J. Trump, describes him as a rich woman's lover and a poor girl's dream. If you don't like him, it's okay because he's rich and you're not. Jimmy Tibbs, welcome to the proceedings. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, let, let me uh, also say that it's, uh, it's good to be had in any way possible. This is quite a fancy uh, setup here, JT Kelly. I'm impressed. You, you know how I do my show? How do you do your show? You do it on live on Facebook. We do it live on Facebook on Mondays, and all I do is just turn on my computer, and Stevie Ray comes on and says, Jimmy Tibbs, and I say, what's up? And we do it. But you've got the engineer here. You've got the... Um, Got a monkey on the bicycle here spinning the, uh, the hits, so we, we, we're doing it. Man. Yeah, that actually powers all the electricity. Exactly. Every time saying? Conrad yeah, pedals, spin, that's spin, what powers spin. <laughs> spin, boy. Right. So you said Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray Vaughn? Stevie Ray Vaughn has uh, long been uh, dead, son. He's, he's died a long time ago. So you have a podcast with Stevie Ray, who's a wrestler, right? Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with wrestling. I'm not familiar with wrestling. Are you, You're a wrestling guy, right, Robert? You watch wrestling? Long time ago. You know Stevie Ray? I'm Harlem not familiar Heat? with Stevie Ray. Yeah, you familiar with Harlem Heat? The Harlem Heat. Harlem no. Heat tag team? Yeah, see, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. We're not that. Yeah. We're young. We're babies compared they, to they you. They were big in the early 90s, and um, his brother went on to WWE and, you know, did some things there, and he kind of, you know, retired. Mm -hmm. And I met him in 2018 in New Orleans. Uh, for WrestleMania, but they have these events called WrestleCon before the the event then. And I'm just walking around talking shit, and he's he's going around interviewing different wrestlers, doing his own thing, and I, I'm goofing on him. Stevie Ray, have you seen Trish Stratus? Man, good luck. What happens to these white women? They start off looking like Jennifer Aniston, and a week later they look like Roseanne Barr. <laughs> you know, you know. But I didn't know he had the cameras rolling on me, so I'm fucking with him. Uh -huh. So a couple of minutes later, he's, hey, you my man, come over here. Me? You want with me? <laughs> so we just start hammering it up in front of the camera. Now I realize there's a camera there. Uh huh. And you turn on. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God. So you know, doing my shit, and you know, the white man's anus is going to be the new vagina, all geared towards the <laughs> black men. You know, you know, come Amen. on. Amen. <laughs> yeah. You know, if yeah, I were to describe yeah. you, I would call you a heel, right? Yeah. You, the yeah, white exactly. man's anus is the new <laughs> vagina. The new vagina <laughs> is the motto of summer 2020. Yeah. <laughs> that was summer 2020 yeah. vibes. We're going, going to we're going to Padre. We're going, we're going that to direction. I said, you know, you boy, you negro, you want you a white woman? Well, Bruce Jenner, that's a that's a woman. Just move those dick and balls to the side and have at it, boy. You know, so Caitlin, all this 2020. Is on tape. So he, he films his documentary or whatever, all these interviews, and it's Brian Pillman Jr. and Aaron Anderson and Sid Vicious, and then you see Jimmy Tibbs, comedian. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Uh -huh. So um, his, uh, his producer calls him and says, um, yeah, I'm, I'm putting all this together. He says, uh, this, this Jimmy Tibbs guy, Stevie Cyril, yeah, what about him? 
well, you you want me to edit it? No, I want you to put it in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, what about him? It was hilarious. I'm looking at this shit, and I'm just laughing my ass off because I couldn't believe he actually put all this stuff in in this documentary. And I was like, oh, you made God. the final cut. Yes, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think anything. And how did you it. line him up with the podcast? Did you yeah. were you just like, hey, I liked the movie. You let's make let's no. do this, make it consistent or what? He called me. So that was 2018. I mean, I knew who he was, but I, I'm talking about meeting him. Uh-huh. You know, that was that was uh, uh, April of uh, 2018. Um, then he called me. I want to say maybe a year or so later. Hey, Jimmy, I'm putting something together, man. And, but, you know how people are. They they talk about shit, you know, and talking platitudes and nothing ever comes to fruition. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna put this show together. Okay, whatever, man. Hey, let, let's do it. And um, he called me last. Uh, March, about three weeks after the uh, pandemic, and he says, "Hey, man, we're ready to start this uh, this podcast. I'm gonna call it Straight Shooting with Stevie Ray. Um, on Mondays, I want to be Slapjack Monday with Jimmy Tibbs, the comedian. Uh, Tuesday, we're gonna have Sonny Ono, who used to be a, a wrestling manager. You know, he's got a theme for Wednesday. Thursday, he's gonna try to have a special guest. You know, these four days, and like, okay, I'm in." Then he's talking about residuals from doing a Patreon thing or whatever, and yeah, you know, I said, "Look, man, look, I'm in. I just, I want, it, it gives me something to do, because I had my head between my legs over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. My ex girlfriend had died, mm-hmm. and um, just really hit me hard. I remember you telling me about that yeah, at the beginning of COVID. Like, one of your, like, oh my God, because you know, I was mm-hmm. like, like you and everyone, I'm writing jokes about this shit. You yeah, know? this is not COVID wasn't real for us. Yeah, it's not going to. When last we first started long. lockdown, we didn't know anyone affected by COVID. Yes. I think you were the first person that talked to me that actually had someone die of COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, man, because she was probably one of the reasons I got into comedy in the first place. Her distant cousin was Richard Pryor. What do you mean distant cousin? You know, like, you know, the the mother's brother's uncle's sister who was raped on a cotton plantation in Alaska. (laughs) You know, 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 he's a cousin. Uh Richard Pryor's son is actually, like, buzzing around doing comedy in Austin. Right. Well, he's trying. Really? Yeah. His name's, like, his name's, like, uh... Dick Pryor? Yeah, his name's Dick Pryor. Is that true? I just... Is Richard Pryor's son doing comedy in Austin? He, I know he had a son who tried comedy at the uh, Apollo, which is the worst place to try. Yeah, dude. Well, now he's doing uh, now he's doing Whiskey Tango Foxtrot well, on Monday nights. Nice. Well, there you go. Good, good, good for him. You know. Shout out Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Yeah. So she was Richard Pryor's distant yeah, cousin. Yeah. So and, and and her and I, when we broke up, we ended up becoming good friends. It was just the oddest thing. She was a uh, 20, 22 years older than me. Yeah, I, I was dating her when I was 31. And she was 55? Yeah, and she was like 54 or something like that. Like, and, and you know, when you date an older woman, you know what happens? You find a, a younger woman, you know. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's a lot more of them when you're dating older women, yeah. you know, right? Yeah, but I never asked her age. I knew she wasn't, you know, I knew she wasn't 42 or anything like that. You know, you know, you know she was older, but she, she didn't. She, she took care of herself, but I didn't know she was. Yeah, she nothing was gross old. like 42. Yeah. So... I go over to break off with her, you know, just to, you know, hey, look, it's over, you know, because I found this girl looks like Stacey Dash, and my dick gets so hard, all the glass could break, just, what does a fine ass girl, so, and, um, so, but I wanted to be polite about it, you know, so I, uh, I went over and, you know, sat down and talked to her, and, and she says, well, is there any way we could stay together till after the holidays, because I'm, I'm 53 years old, and JT, I got, I turned the same color as that fucking wall, white as a goat. You what? <laughs> you know, then I got, I got into my high pitch voice. You still have, you psycho. 
Michael. What the fuck you mean? <laughs> and then I had to calm down because I mean this woman, you know, she could kill me. This woman could kill me in her house. You know, you, you don't tell a woman like that that you leave and you just leave. You yeah. Know? It's like, oh God. So, you know, if this was the olden days, you would just move to a different city. Yeah. Just, yeah. Hey, you know, stop answering the phone or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got past that. We ended up becoming friends. And we would never talk on the phone for 15 minutes. We'd always talk for an hour, hour and a half. Too. It's just a bizarre thing. And if I called her up like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she'd pick up the phone and I'd say, good morning. Because she's a nighttime person. Mm-hmm. She would love to stay up to, you know, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Which was bad for me because I, I'm my early bird. I had to get to, you know four or five o'clock in the morning and get things going. So we had a problem in that arena, you know. And then, you know, when things got kind of stale, you know, I went over to my house one night and I said, "Well, look, I'm tired. Let's just go to bed." So we wake up that Sunday morning. She says, "Well, what are we an old married couple now?" I said, "No, I just worked hard yesterday." She says, "Yeah, but what what are you gonna do when your young wife wants to fuck all night long?" And I felt that small, man, because she was telling me she knew. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just running its course. Yeah. You know, and I felt so bad. It's like, oh, my God. She, she knows what was going on. But but just a nice person. My my daughter just loved it deeply, man. And she got to see her when she visited my mom in 2014. I said, let's go over by Miss Silky's house. And uh, so she got to see her. And she came to my comedy show in New Orleans. She did. She got to see you do comedy. That was the last time I saw her. She came. I did that show in, in hell, it was May of 20. Uh, 2019, I think. And uh, yeah, May of 2019. And she came to the show and I said, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to have a drink with a, with a couple of friends. Look, I'll holler at you later. And I left her. Uh, we talked in January. I said, hey, look, I'm coming to New Orleans for my mom's birthday, but I'm going to just hang out with her for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll catch up with you later. And that was the last time I saw her when she came to my comedy show. Mm-hmm. Well, if she's one of the reasons you started doing comedy, it's important that she got to see that at least once. That's you great. know, and I felt that way. Yeah. I said, you know, you're responsible for this shit. You know, even even the times I fall on my ass on the stage, you're still... <laughs> yeah, you're responsible for that part, too. <laughs> it's like, God, man. But anyway, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. Like I said, it's your show. You well, you lead this thing. Let me ask. You got a, uh, a, like a comically large notepad in front of you. Yeah, well, I keep notes on different things and some things I want to discuss with it you. It seems like it's filled out multiple pages, Jimmy. It's, on, it's only two pages. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, well, you okay, at three. Yeah, my man got a manifesto. Three, no, I, no, I just wanted to make, I don't know what your editing process is or, you know, whatever, but uh, I do just you have to, Do you have, like, bad vision or something, Jimmy? No disrespect or whatever, but the, that's uh, all right. the lettering is enormous. It is very yeah. big. That's kind of what surprised me about the Because I have it on the wall and I just... I just Oh, it's you throw it up on the big, wall. Big thoughts, big pad. Like in my office, big thinking news. Yeah, big ideas. In my office, the, the pad is bigger, and I just I'll take you have a, a bigger pad than that, and I'll tape it to the wall. I used to have giant sticky notes. Yeah, like the yeah. huge stick. It's great for brainstorming with people yes. when you're working yes. in a big production you, office. You just, oh, you yeah. just tick tick tick, write uh, it across. And, and you know things popping in your head at the oddest times. Let me go write this shit down. Oh yeah, the notes in my phone are you like... You put it on there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but, but I wanted to make clear to, to your millions of uh, listeners that, uh-huh. you know, that I know you want to discuss business and things like that, but uh, just to make clear that I did not come from uh, the Wharton, um, you know, business school or Ed McCombs, but nothing like that. I'm, I'm just an average working guy. I've been through the uh, ups and downs of life. Started businesses, lost business, going through all kinds of shit. So I have a different type of equity in terms of uh, uh, business acumen. But uh, I do not have a finance degree or or a business degree. I'm a paramedical examiner by trade. I have an associate's degree. 
Um, You've experienced starting businesses, though, and running right, businesses. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I would say that you're, I mean, Conrad. You're into, you're into solid assets and passive income, if I'm hearing correctly. That's correct. My man loves go. to talk about passive now, income. I, I, the, and the best with passive, that is the best. Did you hear that? Someone just bought a Snickers bar at one of my snack machines. I went again. You own a vending machine company. Yeah, yeah. Correct? How many vending machines yeah, do you yeah. have these days? I had 20 when I first came to Austin because I met a guy who was getting out of the business. Oh, and you uh, bought and his and route. It, and it was, it was wild because I had 20 in New Orleans. And I was doing an exam on this guy off of Caesar's shop. Still running? or Still running. And Hell yeah. It's awesome. Passive. So, I, so I, I did this guy's exam off of Cesar Chavez, and that's all been revamped now. You know, he he had a uh, some type of company where he he repaired tarps on top of trucks or shit like that. Anyway, and I'm leaving his office. I say, oh, I used to have one of those uh, back in New Orleans. I'm pointing to the Coke machine. He says, well, wait a minute. The guy that owns this machine is looking to sell it because he's going into another line of business. I said, well, here's my card. You know, uh, see if we can talk. And the guy called me up and. I said, yeah, man, I got, I'm at, living at a hotel right now, courtesy of the FEMA people, got wiped out in the storm. Um, I'm thinking about getting back into the business again if I decide to stay here in Austin. So we met, and he took me on the route. And um, he, he sold me his route. So everything I was doing in New Orleans, I was doing out here, the way things were lining up for me. Yeah, that's pretty quick. I was able to get a house and all these things. But when that was happening... See, I didn't realize it because it was like I was on a bad journey, but I was picking up diamonds along the way, uh -huh. the way things were working out for me. And did not realize that because I got too, too big-headed. So he sold me his route because I had the experience. He said, hell, if you had 20 machines in New Orleans, you can handle 20 machines out here. So I, no I, problem. I, yeah. I, I yeah. took over that route, you see. And that's what I was trying to explain to Andrew Cooksey when I went into... Uh, office Depot in the middle of the day, and someone said, Jimmy Tibbs, who the fuck knows me in the middle of the day? It was <laughs> I'm a nighttime man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm used to hearing that name. At I don't have any machines in this Office Depot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Andrew Cooks working behind the goddamn counter, looking like Tiger Woods with the, <laughs> <laughs> with the red polo. <laughs> the the white Tiger Woods. Uh, I said, Andrew, I started fucking with him on Facebook. You got to start living off your residuals like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Like, working is a bad look, man. <laughs> I was fucking with it. Uh -huh. You got upset, man. But um, anyway, but yeah, that's one of the, the lines of income I have is, is the uh, the vending machine business. And um, I actually sold that route when I had 20 machines and I uh, I was in that for a couple of years. And I, and I ended up getting back into the business several years later. Uh -huh. You know that quote from Warren Buffett, right? You're a fan of Warren Buffett? I know who he is, yes. Right. Sir. He said, if you can't find a way to make money while you sleep... You're going to work until you die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there are people that make a lot of money and work very little. I'm not one of them. I mean, I got to go out and hustle for everything that I have. Right. You got to yeah. dump out those vending you know, machines. But like Dave Ramsey? I know, I know Dave. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's come on in the middle of the night. Somebody My dad listens to Dave Ramsey. Yeah. He sits in his garage yeah. and puts it right next yeah. to his head and just lets it soak into his brain. He yeah. loves Dave Ramsey. Yeah, him. Bruce Williams is another one, that same line of thinking. Um, Clark Howard, you know, but... I will tell you a quick story about greed and with things in life. Thank you. Business related. Well, also now, when I, virtue when I, related. When I sold my, my route, the first route I had here in Austin, I had, had started off with 20 machines. I think I, you know, some people pulled out, went out of business. So I had like about a dozen. And I put an ad on Craigslist 
Because I started having some financial problems. I like, fuck, I got to start liquidating shit. I need some money. I'll just let the damn vending machine route go. And I put an ad in Craigslist for, for 5800 No, no, I take that back. I take that back. I'm lying. 7500 For how many machines? All 20? For 12. No, I, I lost a couple, you know, okay. couple people that run out of the business. Oh, we don't want the Coke machine. That, that happens. Sure, sure, it's, sure. It's, it's a game of attrition, right? So this guy comes out, takes a look at it. And I just said, I'm going to take you on the ride. I want you to see what I'm trying to sell you so there'll be no false claims or anything, right? You know? Okay, he looks at the route. Now, in his mind, see, he's thinking that's 7500 bucks. So he's got to fuck me over somehow. Mm-hmm. So he, he looks at the route. Just the two of us sitting in the car, looking bored, whispering. You think you could take 57 for it? I look both ways, too. <laughs> if you make it 58, we got a deal. You see, the route wasn't worth no more than $4,700. Okay, but you oversold it. 5000 if you push it. Uh-huh. Okay. But I wanted him to see the route. But you see, in his mind, he was fixated on that 7500 So he had to fuck me. By making me that offer, but you see, and trying to fuck me, he fucked himself. Because because if he would look low at, enough, if he would look at the route, he would have realized that it wasn't even worth anywhere near that. Well, how often do you have to fill up that route with twelve machines? Are you out there every day? Every well, I other mean, day I was going there to those machines probably every three to four days. And what's your net profit having to work three to four days a week on twelve machines? That that machine was bringing in. I want to say probably netting about, you know, two grand a month. So two grand a month, only working three extra days a week. Right. So he would make back his investment. Yeah. Yeah, but he had to get over, though, JT. See, mm-hmm. he had to get over. That's my, my part of the story is, is that, you know, don't fix it on what the person's, what the price is. Look at the actual commodities. It, is it worth that? Uh-huh. You know, look at the traffic. For all those things that you have to evaluate with the machine. And he just heard your number, and yeah, the value he, became that number. Because he had to get over on me. Uh huh. He had to he's, feel like he won that day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 He thought yes. he thought he was getting a massive discount because yeah, he's quoted he, at seventy five hundred. Right. That's. But he's that's twice as much of yeah. what it's but actually worth. But if he worth. looked at it, it was worth no more than forty five hundred, maybe forty. You know, just, just, yeah. But he had to feel he had to get over. You see, but that's how it works, and it's just like oh, yeah. Yeah. that's and the Buffett yeah. mentality. It's the Buffett right. mentality. You see, but if something that's for free, it ain't. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're mm-hmm. not gonna get over on me. No, that that was always a big thing in negotiating for talent is that the agent would always, their first step was always coming back for more money, and you having to, you know, doing that little dance, and I mean, you, you know, you see it from pawn shops to selling delivery routes, uh, okay. to telemarketing. Yeah, it's just you know sometimes you gotta say all right I'll I'll let you feel like you won today how about right. you know seven twenty nine instead of seven thirty uh-huh. and the buyer will still take that because it's like hey I got a deal today. that sounds a lot similar yeah. to arguing yeah. with a bitch am I right fellas <laughs> huh 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 but the, but the pawn shop is hilarious fellas yeah fellas what's what's the show comes on TV the pawn pa- stars pawn stars I love that one yeah I love that one because you know damn in other words if you've got something that's a and they tell you, okay, it's worth five thousand dollars. And and Rick says, Well, what do you want for the guy says five thousand dollars? Well fuck. Yeah. <laughs> if I give you five thousand dollars for it and you don't come back in two weeks, I'm stuck with this goddamn, you know, two headed moose that this nigga spaghetti Jackson just we can't <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me bring in my appraiser, Spaghetti Jackson. <laughs> We've got a special guest for you to meet today, Jimmy. <laughs> Spaghetti, get in here. <laughs> but it's a pawn shop. They're not yeah. going to give you what it's worth. It's stupid. Yeah, their whole game is playing you. Right, but the, you know, but people. Wait, spaghetti just texted me. He needs me to help him back in. <laughs> he needs me to help him back into the driveway. I gotta go. I love it. I love it. You know how much is it worth? Like five thousand dollars. What do you want? For? I want five thousand. Well, no, this is a pawn shop. Now, if it was an auction, now we're talking different. Yeah. You know, but that ha- I see that on that show so many times. It has to happen over and over and over and over again. It's like no, they can't. They can't help you out. It's a pawn shop. They, they've got to cover their expenses. Yeah, it's. I mean, they always say, you know, this is a business. We have we have to pay the light bill. But it's also, you know, pawn shops. They they're exploiting that desperation oh, people have. Yeah. Especially in Vegas, you know, it's like you just lost, you know, five oh, yeah, stacks yeah. at the craps table. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I got to get rid of Daddy's yeah, watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're gonna win it back. You see, they'll be they'll be able to win the whole buy the whole store and all this kind of bullshit. No, no, no they're not. No, that's I, that's what they hope. God, I, 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 hope. Remember, I remember going to a pawn shop back in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. So you guys remember those old VCRs? When they would break, they would be intermittent. You know, they'll play and they just stop playing. Like, what the fuck? Huh? You stopped in the middle of Sanford or something? <laughs> 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 so I had one. And I needed this money bad, and I took it to this pawn shop, and the guy said, "Well, what do you want?" I said, "Man, look, I, look, I gotta have one hundred and thirty dollars, brother." Oh man! Look, I'm a, I'm gonna come back next month. And I'm gonna pay you because they charge you something like thirty nine percent interest on the damn thing. Yeah, you know. Look, I gotta have this money, man. You know. So I bullshit the guy. He he gave it to me. You know. And I need that money. I said, but they have to test it out first to make sure that it plays. And, boy, I got my damn toes and every damn thing crossed that this fucking thing plays. Uh, you know, <laughs> just the, long enough to this, get the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll test it for two minutes. You're hoping yeah, it you works go. perfect for those and, two and minutes. And then I said, I'm going to be back next month. I'm telling you, man. I, 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 shit, man. I got given that money. I said, you just brought you a goddamn VCR, dude. Good luck with it. <laughs> 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 you know, because that happens to them. Too. And that, you know, I, I was gone. And I was there. And I, I needed the money. I had to get rid of the damn thing. Yeah, you owe like $4.3 billion to that pawn <laughs> oh, shop yeah. now. This episode of The Fart Locker is brought to you by Big Bob's Truck Nut Emporio. Big Bob's Truck Nut Emporium. Big Bob's has all the nuts. Chrome nuts, red nuts, black nuts, all the nuts. Need a gift for your mother or in-laws? How about some family-sized truck nuts? Located just off of 183 and 71, look for the big inflatable truck nuts. Come by and take a look at our nuts in person or online at BigBob'sTruckNutEmporium.com. Big Bob's Truck Nuts. Ask about our senior citizen discounts. Uh, my... Favorite memory of you is uh, you printing out a giant check and betting something with Ariel Norman. Oh, yes, yes. Tell yes. us about that. That story is so funny and interesting and has turns to it where you, you clearly want to be the bad guy in the story and you did, lean in so, so wonderfully. Now, did you see the video for that? Years ago, yeah. yeah it was that, years ago, right? That was hilarious. It was. With Adam and stuff. Oh, God. No, uh, you, know, you, know, you know Norman Ariel. Uh, just knew that, you know, she was going to win the FPIA thing and, you know, mm-hmm. get a TV show like Ellen, you know, you know blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Whoop-de-whoop. Okay. No, that's not going to happen. But I tell you what, we'll make it interesting. And this was when I was sponsoring her show. Uh, she had, you know, you know, I would come up and say a few words about my pizza, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you cook pizza, you sell pizza, and, the show you sponsor. And you sell the pizza out of the vending machines. 
No. He has a pizza oven, a mobile pizza oven. He brings to comedy shows. He puts up a banner behind yeah. the comedy show. And the vending that machines. Says Jimmy Tibbs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Vin- vending machines yeah. aren't at the comedy shows. No, no, no. And no, there's no, no pizza no. in the vending machines? There's pizza no, in the no. pizza ovens at no, the comedy the pizza shows. Pizza ovens. No, yeah. Bam, bam, boom. Get this nigga out the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, somehow when she came back up, we, you know, we kind of went back and forth, and it went into a bet. Uh huh. Right there in front of the audience. And I say, I'll pay you 1800 bucks if you come in first, second, or third. Uh-huh. And then that's when I made the video with, with uh, Adam, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was all this hilarious, man. And uh, I thought that was a lot of fun because that thing got over 2,000 views. Yeah. And but you'd... she wouldn't make one back. You, want, you made a video. I thought it was that she had to wear a dress and right. win 1800 bucks. That, that, if, you, if you come in first, second, or third, when well, you win the contest... Get a check for me for eighteen hundred bucks. Whoop de whoop, you know. But if you don't, if you don't come in first, second, or third, you got to put on this dress. You're gonna put this dress on this wig, and you're gonna host the show dressed like a woman. <laughs> which, is, which, which, which is hilarious because she is a woman. She is a woman. She's just a very like right. butch lesbian. All right, but don't you understand that? The joke was on me. Uh-huh. If I say, J.T. Kelly, you're not the sharpest spoon in the drawer. Uh-huh. I'm goofing on me because yeah. it's the sharpest knife. Yeah, yeah, you're the heel. You're, you're right. You're, you know, you're playing like, the oh, bad guy character. Oh, man, it was hilarious. So, you know, and everybody's charming on the video. Didn't oh, she get man. third or something? No. No? No, no, she didn't. I don't, I don't know if they count after, after third place or whatever. You know. So. so anyway, when that was going on, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Javier Canoa Cantu. Wears a beanie cap all the time. If you if you saw him, you would recognize him. Okay. Anyway, so. Josh Castro. No, not Castro. I think it's no. Javier Cantu. Javier. There you go. That, that sounds right. Yeah, Javier Cantu. So he's in the back. He overhears her talking about, well, God, you know, if I if I could win, I I get the three thousand dollars, and then and with Jimmy's money, I can get me a, a, a decent car and blah blah blah. So he come back and he tells me all of this. And man, I felt that big. I felt so bad. You felt bad because you knew she wasn't going to win? And you're right. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> you ain't going to win this damn thing, girl. Come on, get real. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so, you know when it went down, I was like, oh boy, okay, so we're going to do the show. And I said, I'm going to give her a little something because, see, I've been there, JT. I, I know what it's like. See, every people, you come in and out of wealth all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time, the, the money just goes nowhere. It's it just it's out there circulating. Yeah, huh? it's a method of control. Right. Yeah, it's fake. Yeah, I give you a hundred dollars, you give it to somebody. Anyway, we all go in and out of wealth. Is my point, you know? And I've been there before. If I can make it to yeah. the end of the month, you know, if I could just make it to the fifth. Yeah, I've been there. Boy, check by check. Yeah, an extra five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, all those type of things. And I said, well, you know, hell, if I if I just give her seven eight hundred bucks, right. You know, she can get she can get a decent car. Well, she didn't do that. See, and I know what she was trying to do. Well, no, well, she took the seven hundred bucks, and then she had the four or five hundred bucks, right? And brought something for eleven hundred. And I told her, "Don't do that because you're buying someone else's problems." Yeah. And I know where she's been because she probably couldn't afford a five, four or five thousand dollar car. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all been there. But she takes the money. Sure enough, she buys some old jalopy. And next thing you know, the, 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 the timing belt or the train, all of these things start to go wrong. Now she's really upset. I said, that's what I was trying to explain to you. If you got four or $500, take the 700 I'm giving you, put it down on a decent car. 
And just make the monthly payments. Make the monthly payments. Mm-hmm. But it's, instead, she just bought a car outright. Because she probably has other things going on. I understand that, JT. Yeah. Monthly payments are stressful to add. Right. The idea of that stresses me out. Yeah, plus you end right. up paying like 12 grand more than yeah, you would have yeah, paid if you, you bought it new. Yeah, 12 more if you bought yeah, it. Yeah. Bro, That's bro, not... I've been in that situation. I bought when my, when my ex left me. My wife left me. Mm-hmm. I'm going out to... Let's see. We're in Austin. I'm going out to, say, maybe Temple. Mm-hmm. So on a Sunday. I used to I used to call it called a Rodney King mobile because it was a white Honda just like <laughs> it, had the exact same car like that, and you know so she leaves I find a new place to live, it was two hundred and seventy five dollars a month. That's incredible. And the place was about the size of this place. That's God. what I paid in Kansas City. I would month. love to pay that much for, for a place no, I mean, with bed bugs and like, black this mold. This is nineteen ninety three. Okay. Yeah. Wow, your wife left you in ninety three. Yeah, that was the year I was born. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. So they say when God closes the door, He opens a window. Yeah, I am the spirit of your dead <laughs> marriage reborn. Anyway, I gotta go to that thing, so I'm gonna get out of here. Conrad, it was, it was a pleasure. Good talking to you guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming by, hanging out with us, man. Take care, brother. Be good, y'all. See you soon, handsome. Love, Love you. What's up? Fart locker forever. Fart. 2021 <laughs> till fucking ever. We can edit that part out. Never gonna die. We can edit it. It will never die. His mic wasn't the live the whole time. Never gonna die. Okay, so I'll hit the record button now. Yeah, we can start recording. So I'm going out, you know, like I say, from here to to Temple Mm -hmm. on a Sunday just to do two exams. I'm driving. I get halfway there. The car stops running. I'm giving all the fucking gas, and it ain't going nowhere. (laughs) The transmission dropped. Mm. Okay, I call a tow truck. They tore it to my mechanic's place. His place is closed this Sunday. You know, I had to give them an extra 20 bucks to drive me home. We supposed to just drop the car for the mechanic. I said, look, man, look, I live right here. Just help me out. You know, but anyway, but my you know, spouse left. I find this new place to live. You had to put a first month's rent, last month's rent, get the lights turned on, get the phone turned on. You know, you know I'm, out of, I'm out of some money at this point. Oh, yeah. I need to. Oh, God. Worst time for this shit to happen. You know, it's. I go see my mechanic Monday. Hey, man, look, uh, what's wrong with it? He said, oh, he says, Johnny, man, your transmission is gone. He said, but I, I can rebuild it for about, you know, about 400 bucks. 400? Shit, nigga, it might as well be 1,400. I ain't got that either, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I said, look, here's the deal. You know, I need you to put this car back together for me, and I need you to let me take it, and I'm going to get back on the road, and I'm going to pay you your money back. <laughs> but he let me, you know, he, he did it for me. He did. He did it because I had no money coming in. And I was the same yeah. time when I think one some Russian president or something, they stoned the guy to death on TV Whoa, in, in Croatia what? or something like that. You remember that? You, you wasn't born now. Anyway, I'm no, watching that show on news. Me too. I couldn't, there was nothing to do. I had nowhere to go. I'm, you know, the so you just watch some Eastern I'm European watching, leader get yeah, stoned you know, to death? And call the guy, yeah, and call, call up the landlord. Hey, man, look, I can't pay you to step. Okay, well, I, you know, little Japanese guy's a funny guy. Okay, well, I have your deposit. If you don't pay, he's gonna take it out of your deposit. I said, well, it may come down on that. So, so ten days later, my guy gets my car together. I'm back on the road again. Haven't given him a nickel, you know. And you know, busted my ass doing the exams again. Got the money and paid the man. Nice, you know. And to this day, when I go to New Orleans, I always stop by his shop. To see how he's doing because you see that wasn't his problem your car broke down either you can pay me or you can't i don't give a fuck about this that nothing all these other things you know what i'm saying but i'm saying people will do things for you in certain situations you know and, and i will never forget that
Yeah. And every year when I, you know, since I left, I go back and uh, hey, you know, how you how, how you doing, David? You know, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm just checking on you, brother, because I just would never forget that. You know, you just want to go and show you appreciate what he did. Yeah, for but you. what I'm saying that these things you, but we're here to help each other. Is what I'm trying to say in a long story mm-hmm. is that you know, so one of my good clients had um, took his life, mm. and um, and that hit me hard, and left me some money. Because I was going through some things. And I'm like, I can't take this shit no more. I'm going to, my veterinarian is a good friend of mine. I'll just have my dog stay at this place for a couple of days. I'll come back and figure out how to electrocute myself so it looked like an accident. I know the dog, you know what I'm saying? You, when you live alone, you're going through bad times, shit just runs through your fucking head. Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You your just, friend killed yeah. himself and you were thinking about killing yourself. You know, this is before he, he did. Oh, okay. Okay. And we met for lunch, and and I've been knowing I've been knowing this guy since when I got into the paramedical business. You know, I met him in maybe ninety one or ninety two. You know, a couple of years after doing exams, and um, he was it was it was a professional relationship. Like I would go out to the hospitals that on a Sunday morning at six a.m. to see one of his clients. You know, late at night, whenever he needed me, I was there for him. So mm-hmm. it was a professional relationship. But I couldn't say we were buddies. But professionally, you know, yeah, you know, in, in that way. Anyway, long story short, we, uh, this is about a, a year before he ended his life. We we met for uh, for lunch, and he started apologizing to me about certain things because he was telling me when he was in college they had these these seat these tapes on um, cassettes. Mm-hmm. You know, this you know this one was nigger one, nigger two, all of the black artists on that. You know. And he started he, apologizing to you for doing yeah, racist stuff in college? Yeah, for telling He's me a about... a white guy? Yeah, but telling me about that years... I said, well, dude, you said it, but you wasn't saying it, calling me when you were... That's what y'all called it. Uh-huh. The, the CDs. Like, if, if I collected CDs for Western and country music, Cowboy One... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it was right what he was saying, but I'm just saying when he said that to me... It's context of what, what he was telling me. Yeah, and it saying. wasn't directly right. at you. He there wasn't you calling you those things. Right. Did right. you even know the guy at that time? Yeah, we know. I know him, you know. So, oh, okay. So, what the, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? So, he started telling me some things. I started telling him some things. And we're two grown men mm-hmm. at the fucking table at lunch crying. I said, man, why didn't you tell me all this stuff? He said, why didn't you tell me? See, we don't want to tell people our problems. See, I know I'm that type of person. Yeah, everything is fine. Yeah, it's easier to be guarded, right? Yeah, and then no, no, it's not. Because mm-hmm. my theory is, you know, ain't nothing you can do for me. So mm-hmm. fuck telling you something. You go, you know, it's like, oh god, I had no idea. And he's like, well, listen, um, look, you know, something going on. I can't tell you about it, but listen, I, I, I'm gonna take care of you and blah blah blah. What the fuck you mean you go take care of me? No, man, I, I don't worry about it. Said, well, what's going on? He was just very guarded. Okay. I, we have lunch. Okay, get back to the hotel. Cause when I go to New Orleans, I can't stay by my mom's house, and she gets upset. But see, I live alone, and I, I, I can't take a shit in her house. It's too nice in there. I like to walk around naked. I've got yeah. my ways, you know. You know, so and, you have you know, to walk around naked to hype yourself up for poop. No, you know, just you know, when I get back to the hotel, I'm just you know, I'm I'm on a bed watching TV, whatever. Uh-huh. So that that first year of living you, alone, like in college, like it's it is very liberating. Liberating, it's, yeah, you know, and I love her, yeah, I love her and her husband, but I just you know, you know, they have a nice extra room. I, 
no, that's, that's okay. So anyway, see, Jimmy at this point was shitting with the door open. He couldn't do that at his mom. <laughs> like, mom. Yeah, he was gonna go out and break that habit at <laughs> yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah, that's just who he yeah. is. So you know, I'm back at the hotel and I just had lunch with him a little brother over an hour ago. He calls me up on my cell phone, and he ran it for about forty five minutes about his ex wife, and just went off about shit. Mm-hmm. And I just listened. And I said, no, just keep talking, man. Keep, that's what this is all about, you know? And um, so, you know, then yeah, he, he took his life. And, and, you know, he knew I was at the end of my rope, but I'm going to find a way to pull myself up. See, shit works out for me one way or another. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not afraid of anything because, at least financially, because I'm not afraid to work. Yeah. You know? It's like when I got to, see, to do an exam on someone on a Sunday afternoon, they said, why do you come out on a Sunday to do an insurance physical. I said, because I don't know anybody making 30 grand a year that I envy. Hmm? So you got to be willing to do things that other people are not willing to do if you want to get to where in this world. Exactly. So I'm not afraid of anything, financially speaking, at this, you know. But he helped me out. And I tell you, to have him back here, I would give all that fucking money back. Yeah. You know, I would just give it all back. But it helped me. I could see above the, you know, again, I'm, I'm in the ocean, the, the waters. <laughs> I got my head above it now. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's uh, it's little things, JT. I'll be okay for some months. Yeah. Then the fucking car would break down, or something else would happen. You know, but you know, oh, here comes the damn phone bill again. All of these little nickel and dime things. That's what you know. You, you just feel like you just you know you're drowning all this red yeah. tape. Bleed you dry. Right. Like shit. A hundred and twenty-five dollars for phone again. Like I just paid it. Yes, it just seems that way. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things I did was I took the phone bill, the gas bill. I paid all that shit up for twelve months. Nice. And I ain't got to fucking worry about that at least for a year. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's why I helped Ariel out. You know, because we're here to help each other out. Because like I said, I've I've been there. You know. And um, just you know, and I tried to explain to her, this is what you should do. But you know, she's grown. She's gonna do what she wants to do. It it is what it is, you know. But she learned after that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she learned after that, you know. But no, had she had she won, I wouldn't have had any any trouble giving her uh, the eighteen hundred dollars, you know. And um, I thought I just thought it was funny with the wearing the dress because everybody on Facebook was just just ripping me a new a hole. Yeah, yeah. They you know, did not like that. Right, didn't like, and they're like, we'll show him and blah blah blah. <laughs> And when she lost, not one word. So when I gave her the money, not one word. Maybe three or four people saw something and blah, blah, blah. You know, then, then my phone started ringing. And, and Facebook, and could, I, could, could, could you help me pay my rent this month? No, I sure can't. You know, just amazing how people are. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't even like me. Why are you asking me for <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah. Once upon a child. Okay. And you guys sell children's furniture? Uh, we have some. We don't have a whole lot. Okay. Are you looking to uh, come in and look around? No, I make children's furniture. And I was calling to say, don't okay. make any children's furniture. Don't sell any. I want to be the guy that sells it around here, all right? Okay, so you would have to talk to my general manager about that, but uh, our company policy is that it has to be manufactured. Yeah. So that way we're able to look up for recall. I got an easier policy for you. Just don't sell it all together. I'm the guy that takes care of that around here. You can't sell mine. You can't sell anyone's you know, furniture from a factory. 
You can't sell furniture around here. I'm the guy that sells children's furniture around here. Okay. All right? All right. All right. I'm glad we settled that. Hey, Dollar General, this is Satchel Rhinestone with KUTX Evening News. Hello? Hello? Uh, well, I just wanted to get your statement. I'm doing a, a story here, and uh, I just want to run this headline past you. Dollar General... Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get your manager, honey. I'll probably won't be able to answer your well, question. Well, let me run it by you. What's your name? Katie, how can I help you? Hey, Katie, this is Satchel Rhinestone from KUTX Evening News. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wanted to run this headline past you. Dollar General confirmed racists. Any comment? Uh, we're not a Dollar General. What are you? We're a Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree confirmed racists. But I'll tell you, JT, I think a lot of you guys, I'm not saying you directly, I mean, just generally speaking. You young boys yeah, hitting it, the mics it, every they're, night. They're chasing it ass backwards. They're doing it all wrong. And I say this, this comedy game is it's like winning the lottery. You, you, you chase it until it catches you. But what do you mean by that? Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. April 18th, 2018. I wanted to go to Dallas. For the, you ever the TV show, you know, J.R., Sewell, and uh -huh. Urine? Well, they had the 40th anniversary out there. The actual ranch is in Parker, Texas. Yeah, I've been there. Okay. Well, I, I'm a big fan of that. Love me some J.R. back in the day. So I'm going to go out there. I just went there mm -hmm. with no expectations. What happened was the local media saw me there and interviewed me. Because, you, know, you know, why is there a black guy here? You know? <laughs> the one black man well, here at JR's black... ranch. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sir, you are know? you lost? Yeah. <laughs> so they interviewed me. It was on the local news. I, I never saw it. But um, while I'm there, I come across a guy. His son had Down syndrome, and his son was a big fan of Dallas. So he took him there. So anyway, we were, mm -hmm. we were in line, and he picked up on my, my Boston accent. <laughs> and he says, you from New Orleans? I said, yeah. So... He says, man, so we just started talking. He had a radio show in New Orleans that played in Mississippi. He says, I've been wanting to meet somebody to talk about this race issue. Because you know me, I talk about this shit. Uh -huh. So I ended up going back to New Orleans doing his show. His little small radio show out of his house in the French quarters that played in Mississippi. That same weekend I was there, that's when I met Stevie Ray. My point is that I didn't have plans to go, I'm going to go to Dallas, I'm going to do a TV interview, and blah. I didn't have any of that. It just, it just, it, it just, it came to me. You continue onward, and then yes. the success just comes with yes. your hard work. And same thing with money, because mm -hmm. that's what you're going to want to know. You know, you, you don't chase it backwards. Yeah. The way to chase money is this way. You chase excellence. When you go to a show, an open mic, you wanted that set to be better than the last one. You're chasing excellence. Because, mm -hmm. see, when you're chasing excellence, the money's going to come knock at your door. What's that, what's that guy with the beard, that, that squeaky-ass Mike Tyson voice? What's <laughs> yeah. his name? It's going to come to you. You're not, you're, you don't chase it. Just, well, I'm, I'm going to do open mic on Monday, and I'm going to do a showcase on Wednesday, and by Friday I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel telling lousy jokes like Martin Bravano. 
Like Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> like Jimmy Kimmel. Martin or Bob. Yeah. Was he on Kimmel? Oh, yeah, he was. It's incredible. Yeah. It, it don't work that way. I wish no. it did. I wish it. Everything you want in life that's good is on the other side of bad. Yeah. You yeah. got to go through some shit to get to what you want to get. The average people take the easy way out. They take the road less traveled. Jimmy, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Well, you know, Monday night, uh, straight shooting with Stevie Ray. And what's your segment called? Flapjacks? <laughs> Slapjack Monday. Slapjack Monday. Yeah, but really, you... it's a great show. I've watched it on Monday on Facebook Live. Oh, you've seen it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You think we have chemistry? Yeah, I think you guys are both funny. I think you really lean into the heel. It's just a funny, funny yeah. thing. Well, you see, it's his platform. Uh-huh. So I don't want to step on his toes. You know, I, I want to just follow his lead, you know. But he wants me to be more, you know, just be outraged and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, just, I don't want to get him kicked off of YouTube because some things I say, like, yeah. I got Joe Toller and Pat <laughs> Dean That's what band. I wanted to ask yeah. you about. I know we're about to wrap this thing up, but quickly, could you tell me about oh, bringing a funny. gun on Twitch? <laughs> I actually had the gun right there until earlier, but I, uh, yeah, I just had it next to my desk and I kept pointing the gun at the camera saying, I'm going to fucking kill you, Pat Dean. I'm going to fucking kill you and stuff like that. And they just didn't like that. Twitch, Twitch, oh Twitch canceled God. it, deleted Joe Toller's account. And we didn't know for a few days that it was me. They were like, something happened. We don't know what. We don't know what. And they were yeah. like, oh, turns out it was pointing the gun. And I said stuff like, it's fake. It wasn't loaded. It was like, it was loaded. And it was nothing. <laughs> it wasn't loaded. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> guys. Not a loaded gun. It's just a fucking heavy thing to hit someone well, with. Hey, man, man listen, it has been a pleasure to be on this show with you. And again, uh, if anyone's interested in looking up some stuff on me, it's Jimmy Tibbs Comedy. If you go to YouTube, that's what you uh, type in. And again, Monday nights on uh, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live. Just go to Stevie Ray on Facebook, and you will see our shows on those uh one of those three formats, and um, that, that's about all I got to plug right now, man. Everything else is just trying to keep my head above water, brother. Awesome. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on. You're a trip and a half. Well, thank You've you never not made me laugh. Well, thank you guys for having me. It, it has been a pleasure. And that was the Far Locker Podcast with JT and Robert. Join us next week for an all-new episode, and as always, shoot us an email at thefartlockerpodcast at gmail.com.